everybody, and thank you so much for tuning into Soul Fuel TV. Today, we have an amazing woman by the name of Erin Miller. Uh, she is the founder of Miller Strong 17 Foundation and also the author of the book, uh, Miller Strong. Hi, Erin. Hi there. Hello. Thanks for having me today. Yes, my pleasure, and thank you so much for being willing to chat with us. Um, you have an incredible inspirational story. Um, your journey has been nothing short of... Of, of amazing, really. And um, I, I can't imagine you having anything but wonderful things to share with listeners to give them some hope. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, it's been a journey and I'm, I know it's a miracle that I have a voice uh, to, you know, help other people along their way, no matter what their story is. Absolutely. And that in itself is a superpower. That is something that you even say. What is the quote that you have? Yeah, so it's uh, rewrite your story, take a stand, turn your past into your superpower. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Because, you know, every every single one of us has a story as to why we are where we are today. You know, and I mean, I never thought that I would be where I am today. I didn't think that this is the way my life would end or, you know, begin, end, whatever you want, however you want to say it. Yep. Um, but, you know, I'm 42 years old, and it took me, you know, 42 years to find my superpower. And, you know, by me sharing my journey and the Miller Strong story, it is in hopes that it doesn't take other people 42 years to find their superpower and to, you know, take control of their life and rewrite the story and live the life that you were meant to live. Absolutely. And they say, you know, not every hero wears a cape. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So can you tell us a, just a little bit about you and your organization? Mm -hmm. So I um, am, so my name is Erin Miller, and I am the mom of Chad Miller. Chad Miller uh, is, was uh, 21 years old, and he died of a drug overdose in 2014. At that time, he was going to um, university in Chicago playing hockey, and I got every parent's worst nightmare phone call um, saying that I, you know, suspected drug overdose, put on life support, and I needed to get to Chicago as fast as I could. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when I got there, it was a complete disaster. There, my you know, healthy, beautiful, amazing young man laying there with, uh, you know, machines breathing for him. And, you know, I was 37 years old at the time. And this is the first time in my life that I pray. Yeah. They take me to the chapel and I have, I'm praying and I'm praying for some sort of miracle. Like, oh my God, please God, let me be the one laying here and him walk out of this room. He's got so much more to offer this world than I do. You know, he's, he was everyone's best friend. And that's where Miller Strong started trending around the world that, uh, you know, for some sort of miracle to happen. But in that hospital room, it was a very different story. It was that I was going to have to be Miller Strong because I was going to have to make the difficult decision to take him off life support. And that wasn't before the Chicago police came and talked to me because I really couldn't figure out how this could be happening. Mm -hmm. You know, remembering that this is 2014, and they said they were in a complete opioid crisis in the United States. And, you know, before long, this would be, you know, affecting families in Canada the same way. And, you know, we prayed around his bed that one day I would be his voice for positive change. And here you are. Here you are. Oh, and I can't believe I have my own voice, never mind his. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a crazy journey. Wow. And and a little bit about your book. Is is it based on this as well? or? Yeah. So, you know, what, what happened is uh, along my journey, I decided 
you know, I had many spiritual enlightenings. Of course, after he died, the shame, guilt, regret, could have, should have, would have, all those things had me laying in his grave for a long time. And, you know, the grief, and I had post-traumatic stress syndrome so bad, you know, I would disassociate it, everything that would trigger it. And I was, at the time, I was working at a, at, a, at the Portage uh, Hospital, I was the executive director of the Portage Hospital Foundation. And, you know, I could just see, you know, my heart was so broken, I could just see all these systematic failures, you know, people were, you know, they, they, were, they weren't lying when they told me what was happening, you know, and, and, it, and it stems from mental illness and trauma and pain and, and all these things. So if I was going to be his voice, I needed to get quite a bit better. So, you know, I uh, did every single thing someone suggested to me to get better. But there became a point along my journey where all of a sudden I weighed, you know, 210 pounds. My organs started shutting down. I couldn't even think straight. And realizing that, you know, I was on 12 different prescription medications. And this is Mm -hmm. where I was like, this has nothing to do with grief. What I have is I have a broken heart and I need to find some purpose. So this is where I turn to God again. And I say, either you tell me what this bigger purpose was or, you know, take me because in my, you know, this is the first time in my entire life that I'm completely out of options. And that's where I decided I was going to start a foundation at Miller Strong 17. And I went back to Portage of the Prairie to launch it at a community center where he got really good at hockey. And I chose to launch it on October the 18th, uh, 2018, the 10-year anniversary of a young girl from my hometown named Amber McFarland that had gone missing. And so basically we were two moms. Her mom, Lori, and me, two moms taking a stand. Where the heck is this girl? Why are these kids dying? A whole bunch of things I'm taking a stand for, right? But this is where, you know, the next day I was getting ready to head off to Indonesia to do some scuba diving, and I got a phone call saying, Aaron, either the RCMP are picking you up and taking you to a mental institution, or you have to go see the psychiatrist. And I said, I'm not doing either one. You know, I got better. I, I got lucky. I know I got lucky, and I got better. And I'm follow. I'm, I'm taking a stand. I'm, I'm, you know, living my life for purpose, on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, locked into your spirit. Choice. So I went, and they told me I appeared overconfident. And they thought I had too much food at my son's launch party, and you know, just a whole bunch of things. And they wouldn't listen to me. So they actually formally detained me. And I sat in the back of the police car thinking, holy man, there is a lot more wrong in this world than I thought. And that's where my story actually changed, like turned into a book, right? So, you know, basically it's a memoir, meet roadmap, um, you know, how I was able to take the most traumatic moments of my life and turn them into purpose. I share the whole journey. It's it's yucky. You know, there's lots of yucky, yucky things in here. And the whole, you know, I wrap it up by saying, you know, how you can rewrite your story and, you know, what kinds of things you can take a stand for and, you know, find your purpose and your mastery and, you know, that you have to believe in yourself and find, and how you find your superpower. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's just the start of an, the next chapter. You know, we launched the book. It became a bestseller on Amazon in 24 hours. I became a number one Christian author. And these are all complete miracles. They're, uh-huh. they're complete miracles. And really, when I started paying attention on purpose, this is where my life completely turned around. Wow. And I, you know, started following the calling. Yes, you you locked into your spirit, you engaged in and that was it. That was it. Yeah, so you know, and basically, you know, I had to trade fear for faith. You know, yes. And I was living a very fearful life. I was so scared of everything. I was scared to accept that Chad was never going to come back. It didn't matter what I did. You know, I had to clean out his room. I had to pack up his stuff. I had to 
accept it. And, and accepting your story doesn't mean you're okay with it. And that was something that, you know, I had to work really hard with. Mm-hmm. We all have these crappy things that happen in our life. You know, we lose people too soon or we, you know, things, someone else treats you badly. You know, you're, you're kind of, you know, in a relationship with a narcissist, all these kinds of things that happen to you. So you just have to accept it. You have to check the facts and then you have to, you know, move forward. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you don't forget or you're not sad. It just means that you have to move forward. So, you know, uh, trading my fear for my faith and with one simple prayer changed my life completely. And now, you know, it's a journey that I share with others so they can do the same thing. That's beautiful. And and I was yeah. going to ask what, what inspired you to write it, but you told me, you know, it, 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 uh, yeah. it came through. Well, I think the thing is, is that, you know, the systematic failures are there, right? I mean, many of us know about them, and if we all just say, oh, there's nothing we can do about it, nothing ever happens, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, as people share their stories, um, you know, it, it, you know, you learn a lot about forgiveness, right? You forgive the people that maybe did you wrong along your journey, but you share it so it doesn't happen to the next person. Exactly. You know, I don't want to be sitting there with anybody. You know, I, yesterday I was at, you know, the Manitoba Drug Awareness Moms Group, and, you know, none of us want to be sitting there. And, you know, and I had to apologize to them that this took me so long to even get to be where I am, because I feel like, you know, if I would have gotten better faster, I would have been able to be a stronger voice. But even today, I still have a hard time getting my voice heard. Yeah. Well, which is very, which is very, very sad. It is sad, you know, but, uh, you know, again, divine timing, right? Um, everything yeah. happens when it's, when it is to happen. And luckily, to happen, exactly. you found your voice. And, and I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, what would you characterize as um, a life altering moment? Like, what really shook? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, when I, when I decided that there has to be a bigger purpose to all these horrific things that had happened in my life, you know, there has to be a reason why these sorts of things happened. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I guess like, there, you know, I started having all these spiritual enlightenings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the glory of God that took me from one person to the next person and marched me around where I needed to go to be healed. And, you know, my journey did take me to Indonesia where I was healed by a, by Bass Golden, which would be the, the man that saved my life. And after my first healing, you know, I opened my eyes and I was like, I can see again. And I was like, I didn't even know I couldn't see. And that's just how much trauma I had in my body, you know, the, the effects of all the prescription medication I was on, you know, it, it was literally shutting down my organs. So, you know, the that was the most defying moment yeah. in the journey is that, um, you when know, your third eye popped open. <laughs> I would be able to be healed. For sure. And, um, yeah. and, and do you think that there was a particular point that was, was a breaking point that, you know, didn't necessarily alter your perception, but that actually had the ability to break you? Yeah, it, it broke me because, um, you know, there was a time where, all of a sudden, I was completely out of options, despite every single thing I had been doing to get better, you know, to be a voice, I was completely out of options. And I just, you know, I, it was either God take me, 
or he tell me what the bigger purpose was. So I actually, it was in 2017, late 2017, I went into Chad's room and I took his journal with me and I took a note for my family. And I just knew I was not coming out of that room in the same condition I went in. You know, by that time, like I said, my organs were shutting down. I wasn't able to drive. My brain wasn't working anymore. And um, that was, the, you know, that, that was, I, for the first time in my life, I literally felt completely lost and broken and my spiritual you know I, I you know my faith was completely gone you know my physical body was completely broken and my emotional heart was completely broken because you know people would come to me and they would talk about things you know like uh, they would talk about people that they knew that were either you know had addiction or whatever and then they'll look at me and they well that's not what I'm talking I'm not talking about you that way I'm just talking about someone else I'm like no you're totally talking about me that way you know, and I just, you know, and it, it was just so sad to think that, you know, people didn't value Chad's life the same way because the way he died. Yeah. And that is, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, it, it just proves that along my journey that, you know, there, there's this, there's this big judgment and big stigma around, and we've come a long ways, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, that, that people, their lives are less valued if they, you know, have an addiction or a mental health issue or, you know, these kinds of things. And, you know, I fought through every system. So, you know, in the end, you know, I think, um, you know, today what I think, what I believe is that God blessed me when he gave me Chad at 15 years old. I was a single young mother. But you know what he taught me? He taught me about unconditional love. And, you know, when you have grief and your heart breaks in a million pieces, you have all this love and nowhere for it to go. Yeah. So, you know, I just started really following my purpose and I, I don't, I want to help other people. It's where, you know, I feel better. And, and, uh, that's why I started Miller Strong 17. It's a family where everyone's welcome to join and we don't leave people behind. You know, we, we try our best to help everyone that comes, you know, along the journey as we have a stronger voice, we can actually make some change, Absolutely. you know, some really good change that needs to happen for this generation and our future generation. Absolutely. And, and I'd imagine that um, that hope and that unconditional love and that vision um, was what helped bring you through that breaking point. It kind of pushed you through. Well, that's exactly it. You know, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, it's all about like legacy, right? Purpose, mm-hmm. community and family. There's so many f- people that just feel like they're completely alone. Yeah. And then, you know, change, hope, and love. Yes, absolutely. You know, and the only thing that I can think, like, I hate everything about Chad's story. I really do. You know, I really, really do. But the only thing that could be worse in his story or anyone else's story is that if you, you know, your child just went missing one day and they didn't come home. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, a Lori along my journey, I would look at her and I'd say, how do you do this? And she just would say to me, you just can't give up hope. So really, I leaned on her, you know, because when I looked around, her story was a lot worse than mine. There's always someone that has a worse story than you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said to her, you know, I'm going to get better, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to stop until I find her. Wow. Here we are. We wrote a book. I wrote, you know, that the journey took me to writing a book where she writes my foreword, and, uh, you know, we haven't given up hope. That's amazing. We haven't given up hope. 
hope is is what we need absolutely yeah. um to help bring ourselves through just about anything without it it's it's like looking down a long hall and not being able to find the light but that light can be hope absolutely um at like what would you think would have made a a, a really big difference in your experience what would have helped you along that wasn't necessarily there yeah so probably you know in hindsight uh, they absolutely should have taken me off of work. You know, I never was off work. Um, so, you know, being triggered in that kind of setting was horrific for me. Um, so they, you know, the, the people that were looking after me should have been addressing that and saying she needs to take some time off work. Um, so, you know, anything that I did that actually really, really helped me, it was, you know, pay out of my pocket. You know, I went to EMDR for, you know, almost two years, but it's very expensive. So, you know, those services just are not available to everybody. So I feel like we don't have the right services available to people that that need that need them. You know, the the wait list to get, you know, um, you know, mental health worker and those kinds of things are, are very, very long. Yes. So, you know, I think. You know, in my case, I I was very fortunate because I was able to navigate through the system probably better than most people just because of my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that that I was very fortunate that way. Um, But I I think, you know, probably, you know, taking me off work, having some self-compassion and self-love, you know, I, I basically felt like I was responsible for what had happened to Chad, you know, because I sign this piece of paper saying that like I was okay with this I mean I was not okay with that I just didn't have a choice right Mm -hmm. so you know I think I think probably the biggest thing was that you know I'm not sure that people were looking at at what was happening to me as far as you know that I lost my child you know and that he was a big piece of my life and I, I wasn't you know I wasn't married I was you know I was divorced already I was you know, so so I needed some time just to you know mend my broken heart. I needed to give myself permission to heal. You know, look after myself instead of looking after everybody else, right? So I I feel like that probably was probably the biggest part. But I believe that you know a lot of times people can't just take time off work either. They have bills to pay. You know, mm-hmm. life continues to go on, right? People, yep. You know, it becomes an old story to someone else, but it's certainly not an old story to you, right? I live it every single day. And then, you know, I, I think, um, you know, not having a good, a good, I had a good support system, but what, you know, even when I was with the, you know, mom drug awareness uh, mom's group yesterday, you know, that, that wasn't available in 2014. You know, these things have been created since. So, you know, paving the pathway to, to have more support of, you know, people that know exactly what you're going through because no people can imagine, but they they don't know until they actually go through it. And even when you go through it, everyone's story is a little different, right? Sure. But, you know, uh, most of the things that I did that were really successful for me were things that I did out of my pocket, you know, see a, psychiat- a psychologist, right? And that was, you know, where I paid out of my pocket, to do that and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have an amazing family that you know supported me to be able to do those things for sure so yeah I think um I think you know along the way somewhere in society we have forgotten the value of human life yes the mm-hmm. value of human life and this shows in the Miller Strong story that 
you know, Chad life, not to everyone, but, you know, to some people, right? And I mean, and it still happens all the time. You know, lives are not valued. And, and same thing with mine, right? Somebody decided that they were just going to judge me and, and lock me up because they didn't like what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I believe that there's a, a big, huge abuse of power and control. Um, you know, I'm, I, I don't pick on one person specifically, but it's just a systematic failure. You know, we have people that are showing up, you know, at emergency departments completely out of options where they, you know, either, you know, unsuccessfully, you know, wanted to end their own life, which is so sad, and they go for help, and there literally is no help for them. And waiting. And that's, uh, that, that, that's just not right, right? And so, you know, those, these are some of the things that, you know, I think need to be fixed sooner than later. Yeah, fix the broken pieces so that the, the cycle can continue in a healthy way. Um, right. I yeah. believe that, you know, the cycle of trauma is there. It's very prevalent. I mean, like I said, everyone has a story, but the cycle of healing can also happen. And, you know, that's why I share my whole journey. So if people read my book or people that have read my book are like, they can see a little part of their own story in there. Maybe it's not as bad as my journey. You know, maybe maybe it's worse, maybe it's better, but they're reading it thinking, well, that kind of happened to me, you know, where, where I was abused, sexually abused, or, you know, these kinds of things. And so they know they're not alone, and we all have been given a superpower, right? We, we all have these magical gifts that, you know, God has given us, and yet society has put so many labels and layers on us that we literally don't even know who we are anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and it still continues for me today. You know, um, it took me a long time to think I was worthy of any sort of life, right? And and even today, people still try to tell you that you're not worthy of what's happening to you. You know, right, be- right after I launched my book, someone messaged me and said, Erin, you, you can't just write a book. And I'm like, well, I already did. What are you talking about? What do you mean you can't do that? You, you can do whatever you want. You know, and I think that's where, you know, we, we've forgotten to, to believe in others and and. And if you fail, it's okay. I fail every day, right? It just means that there's another door open if you're brave enough to go get it, right? And you tried. And at least you tried. But, I mean, yeah. limited belief um, is is definitely one of one of the biggest obstacles that I, I think humans face is that they, they believe that they can't go further than they would desire. And a lot of that comes from the way that society is, is set up. Exactly. You know? And, you know, dreams don't come true unless you work for them, right? I mean, um, you know, everyone has a different work ethic for sure, right? But, uh, you know, I get up every morning at 4 o'clock in the morning because I start doing my stuff then, right? And self-care is such an important piece of what I believe society is, is has told us that, you know, you don't you shouldn't take the time to look after yourself you need to do this do that do this you need the busier the better you know the more money you have the better things are and that's just simply not true i mean for sure uh you know you know some people want certain things in their life and that's fine right but um you know you you need to i I just feel like people are doing the best they can with what they've been given and that doesn't mean that tomorrow that you can't do a little bit better absolutely right i started journaling and journaling is you know probably the best thing you can start with because they're your thoughts and you just start putting them down and you you know you want to do something start putting it down making making a plan going for it you know ask your five people that are the closest to you that day you know, if you're not feeling good about yourself, you know, ask your five friends, your closest people that day, hey, 
why are you my friend? And they'll tell you. They'll, they'll tell you the reasons why they like you or why, the, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you write those things down and then you start, and you're like, oh, yeah, the, those are the things. That, that, that is who I am, you know. I, I have these good values and I'm supportive and I'm, you know, whatever those things are, right? Yeah. And then you start, real, and then you start believing in yourself, right? And I think, you know, um, we are so quick to judge others. I, 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 I try not to judge people, but of course I have in my life, right? Um, but I believe that we need to really keep Judgment Day to a higher power. We need to forgive often. We need to love a lot. And we are missing respect. Yes. You know, and I think very, you know, if, if when we don't respect where people are in their story or what who they are, that is where, you know, we don't even respect ourselves anymore because others don't respect us. And, and we need to start respecting ourselves I am worthy. I am, you know, you need to respect me. And if you're not respecting me, then I'm going to, you know, set some really healthy boundaries around that. And I'm not going to let you have access to me anymore. Yes. You know, and, and that was one of the really a hard thing for me to do because I had to leave a lot of things that I really liked. You know, I really, really liked, you know, some of the people that were in my life and, you know, but, but they weren't really respecting, you know, where I was headed. Yes. And that's okay. You know, not everyone will... And not everyone understands your journey, right? I mean, um, not everyone understands what you talk about. But, you know, the reason why I share the journey is so less people ever have to understand it. Yes. Period. Or those who do don't feel alone. Exactly. And, you know, I still feel alone sometimes, you know, but I do a lot of meditating, do a lot of praying. You know, I, I live my life in gratitude. Of course, I'm sad, right? But I, I, I live my life in gratitude, so I am grateful that this morning I get to drink a cup of coffee because not everyone gets to, you know, not every, not everyone even has clean drinking water in Manitoba, which is just, you know, just even a, a whole other topic. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's so sad. Absolutely. But, you know, just grateful. And then, you know, I, I am grateful to be alive, um, you know, along the way so many times, you know, my life could have been a totally different story, but it wasn't. So obviously I'm here for a reason, a bigger purpose, and it is to, you know, take a stand and change the world one person at a time. You know, my soul was saved, and I believe by sharing the journey, what it already is happening, we're getting messages from everywhere, you know, places across the globe saying, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you know, and uh, yeah, and you just have to have no shame, you know, there's no shame in whatever your story is, you know, you you can ask for forgiveness on, you know, anything and, and you will be granted it, right, you've got to come from a good place, and I believe that if something is not working for you, so if you've been like on the same prescription medication, let's say, and I'm not an expert, right, I just my own story, but if you're like, have depression and you've been depressed for 20 years, that's not good. That's, that's not good. you you got to figure out how come you're depressed and make those changes so you're not depressed anymore. Yes, and the medication, the it, it's obviously not working if you're still in that state. Right. right. You know, I mean, and, and I mean, there's definitely a place for all those things. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but in my own personal story, you know, Chad was given Vicodin from a professional hockey team, a highly addictive pain medication when he separated his shoulder. It lit up his scoreboard. He got addicted to it. You know, 18 months later, he dies of a heroin drug overdose. I'm not saying that that's the reason he died. I'm, he had choices, all those things. However, that, to me, that's very careless, right? 
um, you know, when I started doing a lot of the research on opioids and those kinds of things, um, you know, my own personal story, 12 different prescription medications, you know, basically one prescription is giving me the side effect of this, then this medication is giving me the side effect of it, and, and before you know it, I'm, wa- I'm walking, I'm walking around like a dead person. Zombie, yes. Yeah. You know, like a zombie, like a lit- like an actual zombie where I can't even put my thoughts together. And I don't think that's how anyone should live. You know, um, you know some people, you know, maybe maybe have to, I don't know, you know, but, but you know, in my case, in my own personal journey, um, I needed to take a break. I needed to find a purpose, and I found one. You know, I want to help other people. It's where I show up the best you know, listening to other people's stories, because we all have one. It's just where I show up the best. Absolutely. And and you have been showing up. <laughs> that is that is without a doubt. Uh, and so, I mean, my question would be, you know, what is, what would be the best thing that you, you think that you, you've taken from any, everything and when looking back? And, and what are your thoughts on, on mindfulness and spirit? if it wasn't for my spiritual growth and my spiritual enlightening, I would have died. Yeah. I would have died. There's, there's absolutely no question. Um, I remember the first time I did a mindful exercise and, you know, cause I couldn't keep my thoughts straight at all. Right. My PTSD was triggering so bad. It would just take me to these other places, right. Literally take me back to the hospital bed. I'm yes. dying in my arms. That it would just, you know, my brain was just continuing to go back there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mindfulness is, not easy it's something you have to keep on working at practice I remember the first time I did it I was washing the dishes and I thought all I'm going to do right now is wash the dishes I'm going to feel the soap I'm going to feel the water I'm going to smell this and it gave me a break it gave me a break from the chaos that was going on all around me and all I did was wash the dishes and I looked at the clock I was like god that felt like it was like two hours and it was only five minutes and it gave me a break so then I started being very mindful of everything that I did. And probably the best thing I did is I started going to the deprivation tanks where you float in salt water. Yep. So now I, now I can go for like four or five hours and I, and I float in salt water and I meditate. And this is where real healing can happen for you. It's where that self-love, the, you know, your heart expands and you just, you just feel awesome. So I do a lot of meditating. Um a lot of meditating helps you disconnect you know it's it's, and mindfulness you know being very mindful of what you're doing mindful of the people around you paying attention on purpose there are miracles all around you you just have to pay attention be aware for them yes you know i started meeting people on purpose literally i have a hashtag meeting people on purpose because it was like wow i'm meeting this person i'm meeting this person this you know and and uh you know when when you get yourself aligned with your higher power and your purpose you will be led to places that other people will look at and think how is that even possible absolutely but it is possible and it's available to everybody and that's the beautiful thing is that it doesn't cost a dollar there it doesn't cost anything no it doesn't cost a dollar it doesn't cost anything you know and it's where you can connect with yourself like i said that the mindfulness the journaling yeah praying right i mean god will speak to you um you know you can speak to him uh some people might say you're crazy don't listen to them 
you don't <laughs> listen to those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all got here somehow, right? And, uh, you know, we all have the same destiny. And, and uh, you, mindfulness, meditation, praying, journaling, believing in yourself, loving yourself, self-care. Self-care doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going on this big retreat. It can be as simple as I am having a bath. I am taking 20 minutes today yep. to have a bath. I am getting up at 5.30 this morning to watch the sunrise. Whatever floats your boat, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever works for you. What works for me might not work for somebody else. But I do know that when something's not working for you, go and try something else. You know, and I'm I'm a huge believer. I, I, I've, learned, I've self-taught myself everything in my life. I, I'm a big Google, you know, learner. Or, you know, I go to the person that I know in my circle that knows the best about this one thing that I want to know about. And, you know, people will help you. You know, you have, but you have to ask for help. It's true. You have to ask for help. And you can't be ashamed when you're asking for it because, you know, when people ask me for help, it's like, oh, my God, thank you so much for, you know, coming to me. Thank you, thank you, because it gives me purpose, right? So if you don't ask other people for help, it, you're actually, you know, denying somebody else what they need to, you know, and I've had that. I, I need help every day, right? I mean, I, I need help from you to get my message out, right? We When we all work together we can make some real positive change and you know change needs to happen for for everybody yeah for everybody yeah i i i love your mind and you have a beautiful heart and it is uh it's very apparent and i know that this will inspire a lot of people like i am very grateful for you taking the time to speak with me um and if there was one message just one thing that you would want anybody to take from what you've gone through or what you've learned on your journey what would that one thing be in closing do the best you can with what you've been given yes because there's some days where you are given very little yeah but just do the best you can with what you've been given mm. and welcome to the miller strong family where everyone's welcome and we don't leave people behind yeah that it's beautiful and what you're doing is beautiful well you know one person at a time i believe we can make a change i, do. I believe one person at a time you can make a change and i don't understand why people i don't understand why people can't just be kind to others and respect people and you know the simple fact that every single one of my human rights was taken away from me because I started a foundation doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't make any sense. No, it it doesn't. And and kindness will take us a lot further. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So I, I believe that um, you just do the best you can with what you've been given. And I know that some days we are given very, very little. It's true. You know, I, and I don't understand why. I don't, you know, I wish that people were given more all the time. But uh, you just do the best you can with what you've been given. And, and uh, you know, grief also doesn't mean that, it doesn't always just mean that you've lost somebody. It, al it also means that you lost the way that you thought your life was going to be like. Yes. You know, I thought I was going to be a mom that watched her kids grow old. Yeah. And that didn't happen for me. That didn't happen for me. Instead, I have, like, the strongest guardian angel watching me grow old. 
so I take comfort in that. And, uh, you know, I, I have a daughter that I, you know, I'm so proud of, and I watch her grow up. I have a grandson. I was blessed with a grandson. Chad's girlfriend was pregnant at the time that he passed away, so, you know, I get to watch him. But even that is incredibly hard, right, because he never gets to meet his dad. His dad was a pretty cool guy. Oh, so I think, um, I think we just need to be a little bit more compassionate to other people, have empathy for people. You know, I, I don't believe that people have, I think that's what we've lost. You know, when you talk to some people, there's such a lack of love, and then you talk to the next person, and there's so much love, yeah. you know. So I think we just need to, you know, love each other a little bit more, love ourselves, and do the best you can with what you've been given. Yes. Thank you so much, Erin. Um, thank you. Uh, you got me tearing over here, too. And I think, Yeah, you know, <laughs> thank what you. I talk about, every time I talk, you know, it doesn't get easier. And I don't, I share it so it doesn't happen to less, you know, so it happens to less people. But, you know, for the most part, I try to keep it together, you know, kind of put on this brave face. Of but, course. I mean, none of this is, none of this is easy. No. You know, I mean... You know, it's it. You know, I went to a book signing last week, and there's a lineup of people to get my signature on my book, and I just looked at Lori, and I was like, "Pinch me! Like, is this even happening? Like, it just doesn't even seem like these kinds of things." To to think where I was, you know, yeah, at the end of my rope, out of options, going to die. My soul is dead. My physical body is dead. My emotional life is a complete disaster. One prayer changed my life. Fast forward two years, selling out a box, you know, and, and the message being shared across the world. And really, the Miller Strong story went down in Canadian history the day that Erin Miller was detained by her former colleagues for appearing overconfident, the day after she launched a foundation called Miller Strong 17 to help change the world one person at a time. It's where the story went down in Canadian history. And it will continue to yeah. go down in Canadian history because you're just starting out. Your, yeah. your, your journey is just beginning. It, it's, it's a different kind of journey now, though, I believe. A different journey, you know. And, you know, if I, if I could have my old life back, I would, right? I mean, that, but it doesn't work that way. No. It just it doesn't work that way. So I had to just accept what it was and move forward and uh, you know it's not easy right. it's certainly not easy you know there's some days where I don't even get out of bed sometimes I'm like I'm just gonna lay in bed all day and and eat chips and <laughs> have a bath and but that's part of self-love <laughs> that's part of giving yourself permission yes. do the best you can every day you know we all need strength in our story I know that it is a complete miracle for me to have a voice I believe if, you know, society or, or the systems had their way, I would be locked up somewhere, never to be seen again, you know, drugged up. This is just what happened to her after her son died. That wasn't the case. No. No, you, you, know? you engaged so in it's very, very sad. Thing. It's very, very sad to think that, you know, the abuse, I believe, you know, in, in my case and in a lot of cases, there's such an abuse of power and control Right. Who, you know, when I sat there and they said to me, you appeared overconfident at your son's launch party. What is overconfident? What does overconfident mean? You know, I mean, that, that's not even a thing. It's not a thing. At, not a thing. At, at peace. 
right? Exactly. You know, yes. and, and uh, you know, they, they even said, they even had the nerve to say, well, I didn't go to university. And I'm like, well, why do not need to go to university to become an, a founder of a foundation? Like, you just remember, I was just the executive director here. I've always had, I've always thought big. I've always dreamed big, you know. I, I, I built the second heliport in Manitoba. Not me personally, but I was the leader of the organization because I, I just thought, why is the helicopter not coming here anymore? So I wanted to make sure that we were saving, you know, lives that were coming out of there. So, you know, I just, I just, I'm not sure where it all went wrong, you know, with, with these people. I pray every day for, for the people that have done me wrong in my story, right? I mean, I pray for them every day that um, whatever ends up happening in the end, that, you know, everyone can, can see the light, right? When you start shining light into darkness, you know, there's people that get caught up in that, Um you know, so I, I wish everyone well on my journey, right? I mean, nothing mm-hmm. is personal. It's just my story. And the good thing about my story is that when you always tell the truth and you have nothing to, you, you have nothing to hide, nothing to, you know, things just work out, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I did hear, you know, there, someone said, Erin, they're going through your chart to see where you went wrong. And I'm like, see, that's what's wrong. You needed to go through my chart and figure out where I went strong. Yes. <laughs> I love and it. I'll tell you exactly where it was. You know, I can tell you on what day it was, right? And so, you know, it's just, you know, I've had to learn how to forgive people, right? You just forgive people, and I do believe people are doing the best they can with what they've been given. And if that is what the Manitoba Health System is, is if that's the best that the Manitoba healthcare system can do for a mother that wanted to help change the systems, then it is system fighting a system. Yes. And it's ridiculous. But one by one, we become. One Mm -hmm. by one. Yeah. I believe it. And so that's why, you know, I I just, you know, my best job is being a mom. So I started the Miller Strong family, and I'm the mom. And uh, and I love it. And I love it. And so I encourage anyone, you know, that's having a hard time to pick up my book, read it, um, you know, take back control of your life. Find your superpower. If you need help along the journey, you know, message us on Instagram. We have lots of, you know, groups that we're going to be starting and a whole bunch of stuff. Like like you said, this journey is just starting, right? And, you know, if you're a person that's sitting there thinking that you have so much to offer this world and you don't really know where to, what to do, reach out to us, right? We have, we have people that are volunteering, doing all these amazing things to get a good, strong message out for for positive change. We don't want, I don't want any girls missing anymore, or men. I don't want young men dying of drug overdoses. I don't want mothers locked up like they're, like a bird in a cage. I don't, you know, and I want people that are having a hard time showing up at emergency departments. Get the help they need. When they are at their wits end, that there is help for them. Yes. You know, period. Yeah. And, you know, I want I want a whole bunch of things. You know, I want schools, I want some things in the school system to be better, you know, where you're learning about radical acceptance at a young age, right? People's trauma has started, like, when you listen to people's stories, they're very sad. And they start you know, very young. They start really young, right? And if you can, you know, help them before it gets rooted right through their whole body. Yep. And they can't break through the cycle. You know, there's so many amazing ways of healing, right? Mm-hmm. I went to a chiropractor and he released my emotional pain from me. And, you know, some people think that that's crazy, but it's not. You do what works for you. 
right? You know, prescription medication worked for me for a little bit when I was having nightmares where I didn't sleep for two years. So, yes, I needed to be on some sort of medication, right? But, you know, it came to a point where that wasn't what it was anymore, (laughs) you know? No, you needed so, to You know, I'm not heal. a professional. I can only talk about my own story and my own journey and Chad's journey. And I, you know, me believing that there was a bigger purpose to something to help other people. And I kept on following my intuition. And I believe that when your worst fear becomes your nightmare, your, your nightmare, you become fearless. Yes. Mm-hmm. You become fearless. You know, you become fearless because, you know, kind of what the worst thing that can happen to you happens. You think, well, whatever, like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Going to go for it. Yeah. Only up from oh. here, right? Oh. Pardon? I said there's only up from here. There's only up from here, right? There's been many times where I prayed to God. I'm like, just take me. Like, honestly, I just want to rest in peace. Like, I'm so tired, you know, I'm I'm so tired, you know. I'm tired of, you know, people thinking that, you know, I, I'm not capable of doing what I'm doing. I'm tired of, you know, like even when I was in the institution, I was sexually assaulted by another patient, right? And then they gave me, and then they told me I had to take their prescription medication. I said, I'm not taking it. I don't need it, you know, and to the point where they actually, I actually was beaten, like concussion, beaten, stripped naked, injection in my butt, locked in a, in the, in the cave or the hole or whatever. I'm not even sure what they call it for like so many hours and I'm like I just need a glass of water and I'm like I need a glass of water I'm thirsty right and this went on for hours and hours and hours and hours before and finally I just had to agree with them that fine I'll take your medication or I'm gonna lay in here and die right and then this is where they went completely wrong with me they told me I was allowed to go outside but I wasn't allowed to take my bible and I'm like you're allowed to take you guys you are allowed to take your bible wherever you want that is a basic human right so you know to think these kinds of things happen to me and and you know i I hope they don't continue happening to me you know because they just can't right and 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 uh you know i i i don't understand why people don't want to see positive change i i can't understand that at all maybe it's because they've never had any bad things happen to them um you know but rest assured that uh you know these kinds of tragedies happen to everybody it doesn't pick on one group of people or you know if you if you're so privileged you think well this wouldn't happen in my family it does you know Mm -hmm. amber and chad for instance come from a very good very good families right and uh you know so so if we can't make some changes two moms that want to take a stand then then uh you know it's going to be really hard to make make change right for people that don't have the voice right and so absolutely like i said i was blessed by god when he gave me chad at 15 years old about unconditional love and that's what i have i just have unconditional love for the world to share and i encourage people to you know read my book take back control of your life yes find your superpower and live your life in freedom because you deserve it and if nobody else tells you that you are worth it I will tell every single person you are 100% worth it, and I 100% believe in you. Absolutely. 100%. Beautiful. Um, Again, thank you so much. And folks, uh, if you would like to read the book, if you head over to millerstrongbook.com, that's where you can grab a copy of this. It is an 
unbelievable story that is sure to inspire, motivate you, and probably bring you to tears, but it is worth the read. You can also get in touch with the Miller Strong 17 Foundation at millerstrong17.com. That is the family that she is the mom of, and you are able and accepted there. Uh, Nobody's left behind, as she had mentioned. And Instagram, too, millerstrong17. So again, thank you so much, Erin. And uh, I'm sure you will, you'll see some things popping up in the future. We look forward to seeing yeah. where you go. It's amazing. It's amazing, Grace. It's amazing, Grace. And I know it. And I feel very, very fortunate. So I thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Again, another huge thank you going out to Erin Miller for taking the time to share some of her journey and her heart with us today. You are nothing short of inspirational, and I really look forward to seeing what happens for you on the remainder of your journey that has only just begun. For those that are interested, feel free to head over to millerstrong17.com with the Miller Strong 17 Foundation, as she'd mentioned, nobody gets left behind you will find some family there and feel free to head over to millerstrongbook.com and get a copy of that book if you are in need of a little extra fuel now if you happen to have a story that is inspirational motivational and you would like to share it if you've experienced a miracle then we want to hear from you you can reach us at info at soulfuel.ca and we'll get in touch So again, thank you to all the listeners, and hopefully we were able to help fuel your soul.